Welcome to The Kid Is In School, where we talk about whatever we want since our kid is not here to interrupt us. But we don't have a lot of time before the bell rings, so let's get right into it. All right, it is now going to be another Super Bowl year where we may or may not have a party. I don't know what we're going to do. We've had plenty of parties over the years with different friends. Some have been good. Some have been bad. Most of them we've visited. We haven't hosted. Have we ever hosted a Super Bowl party? I don't know. I, that, it's hard to remember. I don't think we actually have in our home. Okay. I know whenever I think about a Super Bowl party, I either want to know if someone's making buffalo chicken cheese dip or if I need to make the buffalo chicken cheese dip. I feel like it's always you just because you need to make sure that there is buffalo cheese dip there. <laughs> it's not a party without it. Is that what the box says or the bottle says on the... Yeah, it should be. Oh, no. Another company that needs to pay me for my slogans. Um, But yeah, we've had a pandemic for the past few years. Not only that, but ever since Kaepernick took a knee, our friends have not been that excited about watching football. So There's definitely been some drop-off in who wants to do the parties and who wants to watch the NFL. Yeah, let me take it away from Kaepernick. Ever since the NFL was racist, (laughs) openly so. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting because just over the years, there ha- I think of some parties as being really fun. Like it was just a good time. Mm-hmm. But the worst Super Bowl party I think I've ever been to happened to be the year the Colts, our team, from our hometown, right, won the Super Bowl. Wow. And I don't know if, if you blocked this out. I think Madonna was the halftime performer. I don't know the halftime performer. They improved the airport because of it. No, I don't remember any of that. I remember Peyton Manning. And was it his first Super Bowl win? It was. Yeah, yes. that's why and it was so important. The Colts were in it. We hadn't, we hadn't been in New York very long. I think they won in 2007. So we were pretty new to New York. But you were working a day job at the time, and you had just met some friends there, you know, some coworkers, and they invited us to their Super Bowl party. Right. And this was... It was in Manhattan, so I was expecting it to be fancy. Yes, and you were so excited, and I, I, I think... I can't remember exactly, but I feel like I was kind of like, oh, I don't know them. I don't know. Why don't we do it with some friends? But I thought, I bet I don't even have to bring my own buffalo chicken cheese dip to this one, babe. (laughs) They're going to have Manhattan buffalo chicken cheese dip. And we go there, and I don't think there was anybody else there. No. It was just having us over as friends. Yes. And it felt like, oh, they don't (laughs) even care that there's a Super Bowl going on. Well, they wanted to get to know us. So there was a lot of questions and conversation. And you were like, are we ever going to stop talking and watch this game? It really, it was. (laughs) was And the answer was no. It was almost like he wanted to turn the TV off so that we could talk. (laughs) And it's like, this is not the day to do that. Oh my goodness. That reminds me of when I was touring with some women and we thought it would be a good idea to perform on the same night of the Super Bowl. And we were trying to brainstorm ideas to keep the audience engaged. And we were like, okay, it's in a sports bar. So they're going to be watching the game. Why don't we do trivia during the commercials and we'll do our sets right after the halftime show. It was just, we ended up abandoning it because... It would just be a horrible idea. That's that's a terrible, terrible idea. Like, the first of all, anytime there's a sporting event going on, mm-hmm. when you are trying to perform, if the venue doesn't turn the sports off, so whether it's baseball, football, any of those things, mm-hmm. then you're doomed. Yeah, you're fighting the focus. 
of the room. And not only that, I get distracted by televisions that are on in a bar. <laughs> I can't finish my sentence. I'm like, did anybody else see that? Yeah, it would be the equivalent of just having a movie playing with vol- volume mm-hmm. while you're trying to perform. And people are like, I think I'd rather watch Robert De Niro than watch you. It's such a distraction. I, I don't know who can enjoy a live comedy show while a TV is on, except maybe my grandma, who always had the television on when she had company over. Like once you sat down in the living room, she would turn the TV on. And <laughs> my mom would always ask her, Mom, do you want to just watch your program? She'd go, no, 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 I'm visiting. Go on. So there was something about people visiting that made her want to, I don't know, have it going at the same time. Tuning them out, I think. She's tuning out whatever conversation family was having. Although you often complain that I talk too much during a program. So maybe I, it's genetic. There's something going on. Like you want, you want television. Maybe it's not genetic. Is it, is it uh, nurture or nature? Yeah, really. Who knows? She and I were not made for TVs, I guess, because <laughs> the second they're on, we get we light up and we get excited, and then we want to share in the joy by chatting about it with everybody else. Maybe there's something in the frequency. Like, you know, uh, when there's a TV on mute, you can kind of hear the buzz of a mm-hmm. television. Uh-huh. And so maybe that's what it is. That That's what's lighting you up. What? <laughs> How does that work? Is this from the X-Files? How does a frequency, um, you know, is this like... It sounds like a scientific study of neurology or something. You mean just like the electricity, like when there's a television on? Oh, you mean light up, literally. No. Like an animatronic animal at showbiz? Explain yourself. I did. (laughs) I did explain myself. When you have a TV on. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's on mute. Yes. And you're not looking at it. No, but there's a buzz, you said. You can kind of hear that there's a television on. (laughs) Like there's just a like. Yeah. Like an electrical signal that you can feel yes. and hear. Agreed. And then what does that connect to wanting to talk for? How does that? I said maybe that buzzing, that thing, is what is lighting up your neurons in your brain. <laughs> it's what is sparking. Uh, you know what it reminds me of is elephants communicate in low tones that nobody else can hear. I've never heard that. It's just true. What are you talking about now? I just hang on. I'm going to connect it back. So the idea of someone sitting in their living room <laughs> having the TV on mute but still picking up <laughs> the electricity tones is funny to me. It's like, what are you, part elephant? Okay. We'll have to just throw this out to the social media. Like, if you're listening, go on there and tell us whether or not you. We should have a poll. We'll do a poll on yes. Twitter. Do you hear the electrical signals? <laughs> no, I know what you mean when you turn on a television. At when you're well, when it's 1985 and you turn a TV on, <laughs> you hear the, the static happen, right? Were you a kid that sat really close to the TV? Because I was. Yeah, the static, but not like, not like static when when they're doing when there's no program on. No, not gray and white fuzz, salt okay. and pepper. I'm talking about salt and pepper. Is that what you called it? In your I house? used to call it salt and pepper, but no, actual static above the screen you know that if you touch the screen after yeah, you've shuffled your yeah. feet across the carpet you bzz. for sure okay that is so what i'm talking about that whole okay first of all i didn't know you were telekinetic <laughs> you got <laughs> is that telekinetic i is thought it? telekinetic i think you can te- bend a spoon with your mind if you can hear the tv to, uh, when it's off yeah move things with your mind and i don't think that's what i was referring to you are you are you are connected you either that or there's a poltergeist that visited you as a child <laughs> You know when you can hear the TV when it's off and you feel the electrical impulses? Maybe that's what turns you on. Look, this episode is not about unsolved mysteries. (laughs) Okay, I don't want to give you nightmares tonight. 
Yeah. So I will say that uh, I used to love, for party food, I used to love Doritos and pizza. And now that I've incorporated pizza into my daily <laughs> diet. <laughs> it's no longer I special. Want, I don't want it at parties. I hate it at parties. Yeah. Pizza is a me time food for my programs. And what would you want at a party then? A, a carrot stick? <laughs> Some cheese and broccoli? Oh, yeah. Crudite is definitely a part of it, even though I want the right to reject the broccoli. Uncooked broccoli is awful. I don't know why people insist on it. Well, I wasn't thinking of uncooked. Broccoli and cheese with uncooked broccoli would be terrible. Well, you said celery, so I was picturing one of those, you know, I never grocery said store celery. plates. I what, said what? carrots. Ah, okay. <laughs> this is, we're, we're having trouble communicating this evening. Is it because I didn't arrange my chair towards you? I'm positioned with my chair away from, from Luke, and he's like, you might want to change that. And he's right. I do want to change that, but I'm not going to now. <laughs> it's, it's just simple. All you, it, like, I have something called foresight um, where I can see where there's going to be an issue down the line. Like, for example, your chair facing a different direction than me mm-hmm. so that you have to turn your head and be uncomfortable looking at me the entire recording of the podcast. I just didn't want to move it because I'm tired. I mean, you don't like to put laundry an inch into the hamper. You like to leave it right in front of the hamper. What? Like a cat leaving a mouse in its owner's feet. What's that phrase that you said that you had growing up that uh, lazy people work the hardest? Yes, I do say that a lot. Yeah. Lazy people, we work the hardest, don't we? Um, but... Uh, <laughs> But I, what did I tell you? Do you remember what I told you after I said I'm fine here? That you would not give me the satisfaction of... No, I said <laughs> you'll just get to say I told you so. And isn't oh. that your favorite thing? And you said... So, uh, yes, no, my that, favorite that, thing that is, is not when my you do thing. it right the first yes. time. Yes, say I don't have any interest in being the one to say I told you so. Why aren't you a principal? Because that's what you should be. I what I would like is for me to tell you so ahead of time, and you are like, "That's a good idea." Great and do idea. It. That's what you need. You need more validation. Hey, you're full of good ideas. Me, I'm one of those people where if someone, I never say I told you so, but if someone says you were right, I was wrong. That's all I need. I don't need to be right in the moment. I just need you to come to your senses at some point. Look, I, it's only because I love you and I know that you're going to be uncomfortable and I see that things that you don't see about what you're doing to yourself, like facing your chair the wrong direction during a podcast. I just didn't think I needed to look at you to hear you and laugh at you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if there's going to be a lot of laughing at me in this episode. We're a little uh, contentious. Mm, oh, is it contentious? No, not really. Because we're disagreeing but, so much? You know. Because I'm right and you're wrong? Well, you know what happens. Well, it's... Yeah, I'm trying to get you to be quippy. <laughs> and you're just like keeping the peace. <laughs> I think that... You're so nice. Well, that's because what a lot of times my quippy remarks are not things that will be perceived as nice yes you make me laugh all the time come on anyway can i get back to my favorite party foods please <laughs> so yeah, can... i don't i don't think you've actually said any favorite party <laughs> foods i've other just than... been wrong about vegetables yeah uh, uh buffalo chicken cheese dip is the only thing that you've mentioned did i miss your broccoli and cheese joke do you want me to acknowledge it you were saying what kind of party foods do you want broccoli and cheese is that what you're saying i do i definitely wouldn't say it like that <laughs> yeah. that's not my comedic I delivery that was the point <laughs> The point was like, ew, what do you want to eat at a party since you don't eat pizza? Well, that's the, yes, I guess. 
codfish. When you explain a joke, it's really it, it loses all the value of it. I know I'm horrible on Twitter. If I don't see if I see someone's tweet and I don't get it, I direct message them, and I'm like, I know that I do this for a living, but will you please explain your joke? <laughs> I can't go on without knowing what the point was. I'm sure there is nothing more validating to those people than have a professional comedian <laughs> with lots of followers on Twitter go, Hey, I don't get your joke, and I and it bothers me so much so that I need you to explain it to me. Why are you so bad at telling jokes is what I start with. No, <laughs> I no, I, I just know, say I don't I don't think I've said it. on the podcast this story, but uh, I auditioned for like Last Comic Stand in season two or three. Very cool. It was, but but it was only my third time on stage ever. Oh my gosh. It was terrible. Like, <laughs> But I the thing I said on stage was a joke that I made up in line because it was in Chicago. It was freezing cold. Like the temperature started out at six degrees when I got there oh, no. and it just kept going down. Did they make there. you wait outside in that weather? Yes. Holy cow. And, and, well, up until you got your ticket to like come back later for an audition Mm. and so i thought oh i got a great one for him and so i opened up and i said boy i could have used frank stallone in his fire barrel out there today it was so cold Mm -hmm. and they and then i started to tell my next joke that was actually a planned joke and the two guys that were auditioning us just turned to each other started talking through the rest of my set (laughs) they then looked at me and said, hey, go, you can go ahead and stop. That That's enough. We weren't listening to what you were just saying. I had saying. no idea what you were saying, but we do want to know what that first joke meant. <laughs> and I go, oh, so cool. well, it's cool. And then uh, in Rocky, Frank Stallone is singing around this Diggy fire barrel. Yes. Doo, 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 doo. And so I, they go, oh, all right, thanks. You can go now. <laughs> See, you, you were kind to explain it to them. Yes. You should have just said, what do you think it means? Drop the mic. It, I, I probably would have done better that way. But to see their faces <laughs> drop when I <laughs> heard what it meant. like I, I, I think in show business, sometimes it's better to just let them come to their own conclusions. Sure. So that they think you're some sort of avant-garde genius yep. that they just can't understand. <laughs> Instead, when I explained it, it's like, oh, this guy's just a dummy yeah this uh, not funny new comic we didn't care for that reference please leave yeah we don't have the rights to that so oh my goodness hard auditions you were you were a trooper you were um a very brave soul to try that one but see we would go i wasn't though i don't think i was brave i think i was naive that's the thing it's like there's a thing in youth and in experience sometimes you do some things that yes there is some element of courage to have like i'm gonna go do this i'm gonna try it but if I knew ahead of time right. everything that stacked against me, right. being brand new, only having performed two times before that, this the is my fact third that you time made up a joke in line and thought this is what I should open with. Yes, rookie move. Oh, all of it. Yeah. Well, even the thing is, the things that I told that were my planned jokes, I had only told those things two times ever. And you, right, as com- third time on stage, right? Yeah, and so as comedians, we know it takes a long time to actually come up with material, even early on, to get five minutes that actually makes people laugh. Mm-hmm. And somehow I thought, this is a great idea. You want to know my earliest joke? I told it when I was in kindergarten. Okay, sure. Um, my friend said, I crack her up. So you be my friend and say, you crack me up. You crack me up. I don't see any lines on you. Oh, because of the cracks. So you don't have <laughs> to explain you. to her. I get it. Oh, okay. 
Um, that was kindergarten? Uh, yes, but you know who that reminds me of is our daughter. Yeah. She does make a lot of wordplay puns. Gosh, do you remember the one she did tonight? I don't. Ah, uh, it was clever, but it was goofy. All right, anyway, <laughs> I like shrimp cocktail, but I like it with the cocktail sauce, and I also like it... We're talking about party foods, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Back to party foods. If you just joined us... This is not my bit. I did at an audition. <laughs> this is... <laughs> This is, me. this is just <laughs> I love shrimp cocktail yeah um, I need to have cocktail sauce and it's the only time in the world I ever want cocktail sauce I've tried buying a jar at home it is not fun to eat cocktail sauce at home you can't it, eat it with anything it only goes with shrimp it only goes with shrimp and cold shrimp it doesn't go even with warm shrimp and you don't like when I make shrimp here at the house because first of all if you're cooking it up it's, it shrinks down you know so at a party, they're going to splurge for the, the jumbo size the shrimp. The jumbo shrimp. <laughs> they Prawns. don't want your frozen bag. Yeah, they don't want your frozen bag from the grocery store. So I like that. I like to see assorted cheeses with a special knife. I want that goofy looking knife that's kind of curved and pointy at the end. It looks like a, a snake's tongue. Why do they make a knife like that? I've never been fancy enough to know. I just know I've seen it sometimes. <laughs> I like olives. You know what I want at a party? It sounds not classy, but it really belongs there. Triscuits. <laughs> you're right. It doesn't sound classy, but... That's because you're picturing it coming from a box in your own living room. But Triscuits on a platter, that's an upscale cracker, my friend. I, is it? Shouldn't Ritz be the upscale cracker? It should be, but it's the, <laughs> it's the Walmart shopper of the... Wow, I've just disrespected millions of people. But... No, it's the low end, Ritz is, because it's, it gets stale easily. Triscuit, I don't think you could ever tell if it's stale. It's still flavorful if it's stale. <laughs> Ritz is like that person buttery. that is uh, not classy at all, but then tries to act classy. Like It really is. They Ritz put on a fur, so... like, oh, I'm classy now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm some, yeah. Look, I, I got my hair done. I think, um, I think Ritz is just, uh, anyway... <laughs> it's just, I get disappointed when I see Ritz. Give me a car. Ritz makes you sad when you see them. It makes me sad. It's like saltines. Ritz and saltines can go hang out. Yeah, the only time I think that Ritz are any good yes. is the many Ritz that have the peanut butter in between the two of them. Those are fun. They knew what they were doing that's, when they made those. That's a smart move. But the funny thing about the Ritz box is they'll always tell you three different ways to make party appetizers. And I'm like, get your Ritz out my face. <laughs> I've never seen them at a party. I've never seen them with like cheese and um, and pepper jelly on top of the cheese. Or, or you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. There the, was always a party always recipe. Something about, yeah. And I'm like, get out of here. What we're doing is we're crumbling you up over soup. Yeah. Well, I think those, <laughs> those pictures are the boring low rent version of an infomercial which infomercials are always like we're going to show you all these different things that you can do oh, with these knives yes. and pans and it's like right. you get them and then you never use them for any of the things that they actually say yeah you can you're use like them for. i'm not going to spiralize a carrot i don't know what i was thinking well anyway that's what i wanted to party how about you are you thinking of parties that are where like a caterer comes around and brings you mini hamburgers or do you have a different standard? Well, for party I, d food? I didn't think about that, but now that you say that, if I am at a party like that, sometimes comedy clubs will do that. I, I went to one recently. Like a holiday party. Yes. And 
the I want all of the foods every because they're always like finger foods or like little egg rolls or we have little hamburgers. Yes. I'll take any of those things. Little meat on a stick. That's right. I don't even know what the meat is. I'll take it. I'll eat the it. The smart move is to be right by the kitchen door. That is the smart move. That is exactly where you need to be. And you need to make it look like you're not just standing there for the food like oh look at you know i just happen to be in this yeah area. the caterers know what's up but you you get dibs is what you need there's nothing worse than having two hamburgers come by and three people are there and then they grab it before you and you're like now when is he coming back i know and i always do the same move every time every single one of the trays come around I'm like mm-hmm. oh sure i guess i'll take one yeah you have to think about it even yeah. though you're like i would love to just have your tray and you leave and it's the same three servers over and over again so they know my tricks but yeah, yeah, like, yeah they they placate me and just oh oh sure yeah whatever you want sometimes i'll say can you bring the burgers back and you know like i'll tell them what to go get and then they'll roll their eyes like you're supposed to be classier than this <laughs> And I'm like, don't kid a kidder. Come on. Can you get the the, the rich tray? You know, that has the little one vest is the difference between you and me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Go get me them hamburgers, um, or Swedish meatballs on a stick. Mm-hmm. I need French onion dip. The list is exhaustive of what I like at a party. Everything that you seem to bring up that you like at a party is something that is made with ingredients that you got at Walmart. Isn't it funny that I turn my nose up at Ritz crackers when you're exactly right. I just want the, <laughs> the French onion the junk food aisle that of is the like grocery store. On Lipton's onion soup mix. Yes. <laughs> Cause nobody because w- nobody wants the onion soup, okay? No, that if was our big move though when I was a kid. Was a packet of that and a tub of sour cream. You mix them together. You've got the French onion. It's so good. It's so good. But then I like French onion dip for regular potato chips. And then I like the sour cream and onion dip for ridges, ridged potato chips. Okay, I could see that. Why I didn't go into the business of being a party planner, I'll never know. Because (laughs) I know what I'm doing. I can imagine that you just bring all this different stuff you got at Walmart and cater a wedding. I'm like that TikTok video. The hot dogs are here. It's just like these... (laughs) parboiled hot dogs that nobody knows what to do with there's no buns people just start forking at them have you seen that tiktok it's I have, horrible i have not I, I i on tiktok or maybe it's instagram i only see the same type of video over and over again it's different people doing them but it's like a song and they're dancing to it oh, and it's classic tiktok I guess, but it's the same song and the same dance. And that's the only thing that pops up because I watched it once. And apparently I don't watch enough other stuff on TikTok. We know how much you love this trend. Mine is always Dan Wilbur. He's a comedian that we both know and have known for years. But he's, (laughs) I don't know how many he's really making, but they always pop up into my feet. First thing. Dan, I got to find, I got to find you. It's time for your daily dose of Dan Wilbur. I do not want this song in my life or this dance in my life anymore <laughs> well yeah it's a simple dance right you were describing it to me it is it's it's simpler than the macarena yeah yeah shame on those dances and, and everybody has to do it together usually it's one to five people in this video i don't know who invented that dance but i would venture to guess it was not a black person because what happened was these white influencers were taking over and going viral from dances invented by like black kids in middle school or in high school you know it became a headline and and so now i think people are like well i don't want to co-op what is it called when you take someone's culture we say it all the time what is i know that word? i like that both of us just went silent on that <laughs> yeah, i know what is the 
I don't appropriation. want appropriation. I don't want cultural appropriation, so I'll make up my own dance. And then the dance is like, <laughs> and you just like move your hand over your head a couple times. It is pretty bad. Like I, I think that maybe what we need on TikTok or and maybe people are doing this. You got to go get like classic '70s dances Ooh, from people. That would be nice. Soul Train moves. Yeah, but I want to see people that lived it doing them now. Ooh, so you should watch older Breaking Granny. She does break dancing. Breaking Granny. She's a woman with gray hair. Who knows how old she is? Probably in her 50s. But she has such sweet moves. And it's so sad to me knowing I'll never do that. Did you know I tried out for my college's break dancing group? Uh, only vaguely. I, I tried it and I could not nail the, I don't even know what the names of the moves are called, but when you make your fingers move to your wrist, to your elbow, popping and locking. I couldn't... <laughs> That's an, Did you hate the way I said that? <laughs> I mean, it, honestly, head locking. Just the fact that you didn't even you you had to like do the motion to get the words popping, <laughs> off. and I had it in my head already. Like, is she talking about popping? Off? But you seemed so confused by the term that you confused me. Like, she can be talking popping and locking because like that's easy, and. Boo. That, yeah, no surprise there that I couldn't break dance and I couldn't even say pop and lock. I was like, and popping and locking. I would like to try that, please. Is this a masterpiece theater version of this? So anyway, I spent the whole hour-long session trying to nail that move. And no matter what they said to me, I could not connect it. Like two guys, I remember, came over and they were like, no, you have to do this. And they kept showing me. And I was like, I don't, you have no bones in your body. How do you do that? Like their hand just became jelly and they could, maybe if I had a television on or off nearby, the electrical currents could have. On, but muted. On, but muted. (laughs) So... So I didn't I didn't do that and then I tried out for our hip hop because I was like, okay, I'm not gonna make it into the break dancing club, but let me try the hip hop dancing club. And my distinct memory of that was we were rehearsing to Are You That Somebody by Aaliyah and Timbaland. And uh there is a move she does the dance in the music video, so we were just doing that dance. And it's a very slow, simple dance. But there's a move where she goes on the ground. Do you remember that? And then they no. do like they pump their booty twice. <laughs> then they pop back up and spin around. <laughs> and this is yeah. different than twerking. It was not twerking. Um, but every I looked in the mirror and I was still on the ground and everybody was already standing. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew at that moment, I was like, I'm not going to get this either. What was the next club that you would go to? <laughs> Did I join Square dancing? Club? I, a club I made up myself called the Stand Up Comedy Association. And did you ever Can't kick me out of this one. (laughs) You're in, baby. I did perform. I performed three times on campus to thunderous applause of passersby. Well, there you go. That that makes one of the stories that I've said all these years a lie, that I saw your first performance ever, but it wasn't your first performance ever. I saw your first performance at the comedy club in Indianapolis. That's right. That was my first club performance. It felt much more legitimate than the uh, talking that I did (laughs) to, like I said, it was in like a student union or something. So people were just walking by choosing what groups to join. And I was like, come join mine. I'm going to do a set soon. I don't even know if I knew what was called a set. I was like, I'm going to tell jokes. I rehearsed them for my roommates. I couldn't believe they laughed at them. I was like, no, 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 you have to see this uh, as an audience. They're like, no, just tell us your jokes. So I told them sitting on a bed and they're like, that's great. And that's still better than the audition that I did for Last Comic Standing on NBC. Yes, I came prepared. You were just flying by the seat of your pants. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> um, I when we do have parties, which I don't know, are we going to become party people again? I well, that's the tough thing is that having a child complicates things. Having dogs complicates things a lot. I always wanted to uh, be like the Great Gatsby when I throw a party. You know, like lavish theatrics, fireworks, food. Nobody knows where I am. Which is impossible to do in a New York apartment. You're like just standing in the corner. Don't look at me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm being lavish. I'm being mysterious. It's just because (laughs) I'm behind the fronds of a plant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The top hat was a dead giveaway, though. No, I just, I like the idea of throwing a big fancy thing that people are enjoying but then when the spotlight gets turned on you that part makes me feel icky so like milestone birthdays when people just rent out a whole event space and practically have a wedding reception for their own birthday party i could never do that oh i think it's tough when you throw yourself a birthday party that well there's ways to do it that i feel comfortable with i like throwing myself a birthday party in the sense of like saying hey how about we just have some friends over we'll just i'll we'll make food and just have that for them Mm -hmm. and there is no we don't have to have like party favors and gifts and all of that it's just play music you've been to these no but yes they haven't so i'm telling i'm asking and prompting you so that you can explain to the listeners your your face was just so like tell me about these parties these birthday parties you've thrown i'm like you've been there so well that's the ones i throw for you see you're confusing things you think you throw your own parties when in reality i do a lot of the planning it was you all along it was never me so anyway no because if i'm planning a party i want music i heard that you're supposed to arrange groups of chairs in threes so that it sets up a triangulated conversation somehow oh so well so that you have uneven numbers so you don't have couples just sitting next to each other just two people sitting next to each other it's... yeah 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 this was before thruples were a big deal yeah <laughs> oh here's dave joan and jan oh boy you guys you gotta break it up sometime <laughs> um yeah that and but see i think about all this stuff and i like the house to be super clean whereas your party style is let me just make a crock pot full of and it works every time, but a crock puck full of something. Everybody comes up to me and I serve them on a plate and then they go find their spot in my apartment and have fun. And I'm just like, but, 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 where's the, where's the Triscuits? Where's the Triscuits? Yeah. No, see the, the crock pot isn't just full of something. I mean, yes, you could do chili that has worked, but a big one is like a pulled meat. Pulled pork tacos were great. Pulled pork tacos work great. Pulled chicken always is a hit. Chick- something where people can just get some of the stuff out, throw it on a tortilla. You have yet go. to do meatballs, but meatballs are good in a crock pot. Meatballs can work. They're you know when you have the the sauce with it, it's a little messier, and so I'm not big on somebody dropping that in my house. That's what a toothpick is for. That's what paper bowls are for, my friend. Nah, I don't know. When we have sauce. Like that, because you want I, meatballs. I can make are tomato sauce, Italian type meatballs. I'm not making Swedish meatballs. You're not trying to make Swedish meatballs. No, I don't know that I like those. Oh, they're delicious. They're and IKEA serves them. So if IKEA serves them. I'm not, I'm not really into food that I can get at my furniture store. <laughs> IKEA meatballs are quite overblown. They're not. They're not the same thing as party meatballs, in my opinion. But that's the difference between. Homemade cake and store-bought cake to me. When something's made en masse, if you will. Do you know that French term that we use in English? Yeah. If something's mass-produced, then it's mm-hmm. not as tasty. Yeah, I mean, that's one that 
even if you didn't take French, I think you kind of kind of get that one. <laughs> but could you hear? I had a French accent with it, so I didn't know if you knew if I just suddenly switched if you needed subtitles underneath me. Ah, oh, well, that's that could be true. Omas. Yes, I need the subtitles, which, like I told you the other day, there's a reason that people have to have subtitles now. Yeah, what is that reason? That is because uh, the the sound mixing is different. So back in the day, 1950s, you know, if you listen to a movie from then, uh, 40s, 50s, everyone is very clear and they're talking to each other. It's crystal clear. Crystal clear. Let me just talk to you all right now and tell you all the information you need to know. I'd like to hear it. Yeah. And so because they had lower technology in their mics so they had like one boom mic in the middle and everyone needed to face it and project towards Mm -hmm. it and so now our mics are so good that the actors have lav mics on them they have a couple boom mics they're picking up every subtle teeth to your performance they can whisper they can whisper they can do what they call more naturalistic type of performance where you're just kind of talking like this and the other actor doesn't even know what the person's saying but the mic is picking it up so deep i want to give you an oscar right now yes (laughs) Uh, nominate me please and (laughs) so people can have a party and have buffalo chicken cheese dip while they watch me (laughs) accept an award well that's what's you know what i bet you that today because the mics are so sensitive you don't even talk at your normal register so even let's say two people in a room like you and i are a little far apart now six feet apart i would i would be talking like this you know i'm i'm manipulating my voice for the microphone so it's not good but anyway my point is i think that you now have to speak even quieter because the mics are so sensitive you want to blow out the sound guys eardrums yeah well i've heard that there have been actors on set when somebody's doing that naturalistic whisper type of thing and they can't hear the person mm-hmm. or very well or understand them they know what the lines are supposed to be so they can kind of maybe react to that but the mics are picking that up oh weird yeah, so they so. can't even hear it then that is rough well today's asker actors work very hard yeah. i'm picturing when you say whisper i think about christian bale and batman is it called batman begins what's the batman that the, the Chris- first one yeah that okay where is she that's my impression of christian bale as batman what begins audience members think when they hear you say something like that like bat is it called batman begins the the first the first batman no most Christian. people don't know they just call it batman and they hope you know which one they're talking about you can't name all the batman films without can, thinking about I it i can name every single batman film but i don't uh, I don't need to acknowledge. We talked about them before, I believe. There's, you know, because you go back all the way to the original Batman. If you say Batman, you're talking about Batman. Michael Keaton. Yes. Batman two, Electric Boogaloo, Batman three, <laughs> still Batty. No. <laughs> so, but that the the whisper thing is and the mics thing is only part of it. So then, when they mix the films, like especially Christopher Nolan, I guess does this, is they are are doing all of the sound mixing for these theaters that have Dolby Atlas and Atmos, just many channels that are surrounding you and you're hearing every different sound from different angles and each, uh-huh. each speaker's doing something a little different. But then when you go into your home, you don't have those speakers. You don't have that. You don't have that. And so they have to like start reducing it down to like 7.1 and 5.1 and stereo and just a mono. Oh, so that makes everybody who talked quietly that would have been heard well in the theater sound uber quiet in your house. Even more muffled. And and there is something about 
to make a movie really interesting, all of the louder sounds like explosions and everything are mm-hmm. actually louder and they have to, when they're mixing that stuff for your home, mm-hmm. bring the volume of the sound down. <laughs> I'm so, remembering when we had my, my sister babysit for us and uh, our daughter was an infant, I would be like, keep the volume at 14, please. 14 is the maximum or she will wake up and I'd get home and she'd always have it on 18. Yeah. I'm like, didn't I tell you? She's like, nobody can hear it at 14. I'm like, use subtitles. Yeah. Are you going to stop teasing me for subtitles now? That, you got uh, neighbors you know? complaining and uh, 311 coming to our door. Yeah, it's like, at least stop watching Die Hard. Stop watching things with explosions. Yeah, and so apparently there is like something like 50, more than 50% of people polled watch television shows and movies with subtitles now. Oh, I feel so vindicated. I couldn't believe it because I hate subtitles. I it takes me out of it subtitles. so much. First of all, you have to get your reading glasses on. No. <laughs> on top of my other glasses that I use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just thinking what would make it hard about subtitles besides the fact that you'd be having trouble it's not, reading. It's not, it's not hard. I, <laughs> I don't want to tease you I, about not knowing how to read. I didn't say it was hard. I said it takes me out of it. Like, I'm, I'm not... It's distracting. Yeah, but it... There is a distraction element to it, but if you are watching a movie, mm-hmm. you I at least me, I want to be absorbed into that world. It's the same reason I want you to stop talking during it mm-hmm. is because every time you talk to me, it's like taking me out of my my mind going into that world that we're watching. So mm-hmm. if we're watching Star Wars, I don't want to have to read the names. It's it takes me out to go. Oh, there's Jar Jar Binks. And this I, is this must be why you boo comics that wear t-shirts with words on them. <laughs> yes, I. Boo I want to hear your jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to read them. I don't want to read them. Just kidding. Luke's not an audience member. He's never watched another comedian in his life. <laughs> it's. <laughs> I'm teasing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for letting me know you were teasing. Yeah, that guy. makes it sound much worse. <laughs> Not only was I teasing you, I don't think you're smart enough to get that I, I was teasing you. I think you knew that I was teasing. <laughs> yeah. I, that's what I, do, I never like when people say, I'm just kidding. It's like, well, if you're funny enough with it, you shouldn't have to tell me that you're kidding. Yeah, it's true. Whenever we throw a party, we have to put our dogs away from people because either they'll eat everything that people drop or people will just be afraid of how frenetic they are. They're a little too barky. That's the problem with our dogs. They just want to know what's happening. They're like, hey, where are you going? Yes, that's, I don't think they want to know what, hap- what is happening. I think they want to determine what is happening. And it's tough. They're like a security guard at night in the shopping mall. Yeah, and they are, they are good with people in our home if we take them outside to meet the person first and then bring them back into the home together. But at a party, you constantly have people coming in and out, and that just drives them absolutely nuts. And you so- are talking about the Caesar Milan approach. <laughs> I we become a pack. Say, I train people. I rehabilitate pets. Is that how he says it? I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, that's the joke. It's his old catchphrase. Yes. I rehabilitate dogs. I train humans. That's it. There you go. Oh, now you now you said it perfectly. I like to fit in four impressions per episode if I can <laughs> that confuse you and make everybody say, why does she change her voice? Yeah, who is that? That's an wait. That she's a, doing impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? They don't think it's like a new person that just came in the room. They're just like, did she get something caught in her throat? Was she eating triscuits? <laughs> so I'm concerned because our dogs are towards their twilight years. Honestly, the average life of a bull pay 
or Sharpay, because ours are Bulldog Sharpay hybrid, is 10 years. And ours are seven. So I'm already thinking of the end. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should live in the moment. They're getting gray. It's particularly one of them is getting very gray. They still have their health. They don't chew up everything like puppies used to. So that's great. I'm enjoying this this time in their life. In fact, I think they're they're middle-aged now. So they're practically our peers. <laughs> they're, they're, they would be older than us for sure. Now we look to them for sage advice and wisdom. So my question for you is, is there ever a time to stop getting new pets? Because you and I have decided to stop for now, but I know if we were a retired old couple, we'd want a dog again. Yeah, I think there must be something about having a kid and then having pets and going, oh, I just don't want to have to deal with this. Right. And then later on, I think that when you get older and you don't have kids in the house anymore, a pet can take the place of that mm-hmm. a little bit. And you got nothing else to do. Pets are not any competition to a baby. Babies are much cuter than pets. Pets stop being cute once a baby's in your way. You know what I mean? It's just like the softness can't compare. But then the kid gets annoying and starts getting big. And then the pet still is like a toddler. They're like, I, will, I want you to hold me, mommy. And you're like, I love you, pet. <laughs> you're soft. You're furry. You're cute. You don't judge me. You don't sass me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know if... Um, I. But, but that's the thing. When you pass away, imagine your pet's outliving you. What do you do? You have to write them into the will, right? Well, if you're like the Egyptians, you just take them with you. Uh-oh. They're coming to the afterlife whether they're ready or not. <laughs> Sorry, Sparky. I know you're only two. Well, I, I think um, picking who would take your pet over has got to be a tall order. That's such a challenge. Can you be imagine being willed an old pet from somebody? Like your parents, you're like, oh, here's this 15-year-old blind dog that should have been gone for a while. She needs eye drops five times a day. I think the worst part is the person you know who would be the best is like, I don't want your dog. Yeah. But I I chose you. (laughs) Yeah, you can go ahead and write me out of the will there. I'd rather get absolutely nothing. That's what you're leaving me, not your CDs? (laughs) Why do we still say, leave me CDs in your will? Um, Nobody has them. Pro- probably because you still say, popping and locking. Popping and locking. Thanks for joining us today. If you had a great time, let us know on social. Follow Kid Is In School on Twitter and The Kid Is In School on Instagram. Subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. Be sure to throw us one of those five-star ratings and share with your friends. Oh, and do it quickly before the kid gets home. <laughs> <laughs>